podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Fights That Made Me podcast, hosted by myself, Umar Ahmed. I'm joined by two-time world champion today, Joe Cordina. So yeah, thanks for jumping on the, the podcast. Joe, we're just going to go through some of your highs and lows in your career. Now, a lot of these podcasts I do make sense with retired fighters, because obviously their career has been made and we can discuss um, their careers in full. You're obviously in the prime of your career. Um, there's going to be many f- more fights, we hope, that make you as a fighter. But I thought you're an appropriate guest to get on because um, you're already a two-time world champion. And uh, what are you, late 20s now? Oh, I wish I'm uh, 31. You're 30, Coming what? up at 32, but I haven't got out of first gear, so um, yeah, I haven't had a hard paper round, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, listen, late late 20s, uh, 31, it's not yeah. too far off. Yeah. But um, for any 31-year-old to say that they're a two-time world yeah. champion, you have to sometimes surely give yourself a, a pat on the back for that. Yeah, of course. Not only um, because I'm 31 or whatever, um, and I'm, so, I'm in the prime of my career, but I'm only 16 fights in. Um, I turned pro when I was 26. I've had a few, I had a few learning fights, and then sort of jumping into title uh, title fights, Commonwealth titles, British titles, international titles, continental titles, all that sort of stuff. And then had an injury. And when I came back, I was like, listen, just get me the fights and leave the rest to me. And yeah, I never looked back and won the first world title and recently won a second one. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll go through all of it. Let's... Go right back to the start in terms of your yeah. professional debut, uh, April 2017, um, against Jose Aguilar. Yeah. Um, just talk to me about that moment, you know, first stepping in a professional ring. Um, obviously, we know about your amateur career and, and boxing's been your whole life, but it must have been a different feeling. Yeah, it was completely different to what I felt. I, and in a sense of, I didn't have the nerves I had that, than when I was an amateur. I didn't have the same. I had butterflies, but I wasn't nervous, overly nervous. Obviously, it plays a part in that I know I'm in with a, a journeyman. He, I'm, I'm, I'm expected to win. So, yeah, he's going to be a bit tricky and stuff and hard to get out of there, which I did end up stopping him um, in the fourth round. But um, I think that had a part to play in with my nerves and stuff. And it, it was a, it was a mem- obviously it was my debut, so it was memorable. It was a memorable day, April twenty second, two thousand and seventeen. John Ryder was on the card as well, fighting Rocky Fielding. And I remember in the change room, Spider was in the change room, so it was familiar faces in the change rooms, and um, yeah, it made me a little bit more uh, at ease. But it was uh, yeah, it was a good fight to be fair. And then getting out of the ring after that win. Um, was it like the weight of the the world was off your shoulders? Yeah, because it was my my pro career was it it sort of how can I say it took off from there, mm. and a week later I'm boxing in Wembley Stadium on AJ Klitschko. So yeah, I just couldn't wait. After I got out of the ring, I, I thought I was the kiddie, um, and I couldn't wait for the week after, and I couldn't wait to fight again. Um, yeah, so it was, yeah, it was a, a nice feeling, nice moment. Big moment for yourself. Let's fast track to your first major title mm. and headlining your first card as well. 
uh, in Cardiff. I remember being there. I think it was the Ice Arena, wasn't it? Ice Arena, yeah. Yeah, so that was August 2018 against Masha Dodd. And I think, you know, at that time, uh, you know, Masha's been around for a long time and that was considered, I think, probably your first big step up. Yeah. Is that a fair statement, Joe? Yeah, I would I would say so. I, I had a um, an international fight uh, against... Um, oh, I can't even think of his name now. Um, but anyway, that was the title, but I stopped him in the fourth round. Um, was but it Hakim? Hakim Ben Ali, that's, yeah. him, that's his name. Um, and then I had Mashadod, and he was beating a lot of, how can I say, good fighters. They called him the bogeyman for a reason. Um, beat Tom Stoker. And Tom Stoker is one of the most decorated amateur boxers we've ever had in this country. And um, I've seen him beat some very, very good fighters, Tom. I was on the team GB with him. So I've travelled the world with him. Um, I've seen what he was capable of. And for me to see Masha beat him, yeah, it got the fire burning in my stomach when I was training and I was a little bit nervous. Not as, um, like I said, not as much as when I was an amateur, but I still had them butterflies and it could. It was a potential slip-up. But I knew what his plan was and his plan was to take me late because I, I haven't been past four rounds at this point. And um, yeah, I just, the first few rounds... I, make, I was just nicking the, nicking the rounds, first like six, and I, I could see him trying to up the, up the pace. But I, I knew what, um, what he was trying to do, and yeah, seven and eight, I've started feeling the, the pace a little bit. Then I had a second wind, um, and then I just started putting my shots together, and I wasn't going to try and get him out there, because I know how dangerous he can be. He, he's fit, um, and he puts it on fighters, down the stretch so I didn't want to try and open up and gas myself but I, uh, I'd just done enough to win got the 12 rounds out and I think it's just stood me in good stead uh, for future fights and we know your ambition to coming in as a top amateur mm. which you've now achieved um, was of course to go right to the top and win winning world titles but just like your professional debut where you would have had a, a lot of pressure off mm. yourself to bag the Commonwealth title um which is a major title. Um, how was that? Yeah, that was that was that was a great feeling also because same again. I think it was my my eighth fight. Is it my seventh fight? Um, it might be my sixth or my seventh. I can't remember. But to have two titles by then and fight uh, being a, involved in a twelve rounder and beat someone like Masha Dot, it was a great feeling. I felt like I earned it. Um, and like I said, it was a potential slipper. It was like a sink or a swim. Um, can he fight? We'll see now. Chuck him in my mash because he's beat a lot of good fellas, like I've said. So, yeah, it was um, it was a good feeling. And then, of course, you, you bagged the British title mm. um, against Andy Townend as well. And uh, you had your first defence uh, against Gavin Gwynn, former Welshman in August 2019. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you just told me before we started this podcast that the uh, first time two Welsh fighters have fought for the British title was your first defence, as I said. Um, again, Gavin Gwynn, someone mm. very experienced, still going strong now, yeah. Gavin. Um, but yeah, being a, a former, uh, well, a fellow Welshman rather, and, and defending your British title, how was that? Yeah, that was that was amazing. It was um, we we boxed on a um, an amazing event, amazing night on Lomachenko and Luke Campbell, 
and it was like a, like you said the first Welsh uh, two Welshmen to fight for a British title in so many years I think it may be between 30 and 50 years or something like that so um, yeah it was it was good and it's not only that we, we, we know each other we we were on a Welsh team together I think I just left as he come on um, and we were in the same gym we never really sparred much I think we sparred a, a few times but nothing major so it was um that was a great fight he's a lot bigger than I remembered when I stood next to him in the press conference because we don't we don't he lives on the other side of uh well not on the side he lives about 40 minutes away from me so we don't see each other often and then from when I last seen him in the gym he, it's like he grew about four inches he was massive and um yeah it, at the weigh-in, I thought, nah, he's not that big. Then on fight night, he was huge. Um, so, yeah, but it, it, it made up for a good fight because my speed, my ring IQ, and his uh, brute strength and come forward fight, it, it was an exciting fight and it was all action. Mm. Away from the fight itself, um, as it was um, a fellow Welshman, mm. I know you didn't know him personally mm. that well, but... Maybe it was like the passing of the torch within, you know, um, Welsh boxing. Mm. Because had you lost to him then, that would have been a, a major setback in your career. And also was there the extra pressure of a lot of, you know, people I know know Gavin mm. um, in the same sort of circles um, within Welsh boxing. If you lost to him, it would have been a, a little bit more of a stinger. Oh, yeah. It was, it was he was like, at this, I've seen interviews with him, he was saying bragging rights and... Which I was trying to say to myself, nah, not bragging rights. It's just I have to beat him to get to where I want to be, and that's how I looked at it. But yeah, if if he if he beat me, then it's um it was gonna be a yeah it was gonna be a, a long road back for for me to to get to where I needed to be. <laughs> we can cut that bit out if you want. You're snoring, bruv. It's right, it's right. Leave that in. <laughs> <laughs> People think it's me snoring there. <laughs> Sounds like a walrus. Logging yourself up, bruv. Right, let's go to June 2022. Uh, one of the most spectacular things I've seen in a ring, and a lot of people ringside would, uh, I'm sure, the, say the same thing, your first world title win against the Gower. But it wasn't just the, the feeling of winning a world title. That was one of the, the best knockouts I've ever seen. Um and you weren't, I know you had a few stoppages in your career up to that point, but I don't think you was known as a, as a massive puncher, Joe. So where did that come from? Nah, this is what I've, I've explained to a lot of, a lot of people. Um, I've, I've never been one to go out there and look for knockouts or try and pretend I'm some massive puncher because my game and my bread and butter is boxing on the back foot, counter-punching, being smart and, and how can I say making people look average. So that's what I've known, was, uh, was known as. But I stopped a lot of um, the fighters coming through when I was, yeah, when I was at the start of my career. Um, and in 16 fights, I had nine stoppages. But for four of them fights, I was fighting with a damaged hand, a broken metacarpals. And I was having to get injections in just to mask the pain. Um, just for me to get through training camp and then when fight comes 
one punch, my hand's gone again. So I'm constantly pulling back off shots and just, how can I say, gritting my teeth just to get through the fight. So it was, um, yeah, but then when I do, when I got my hand operated on, I came back and I stopped um, Joshua Hernandez, same right hand. Um, that's when I felt I can start letting it go now because in camp I was still pulling back because I hadn't used it uh, fully for so long. So yeah, it was it was a nice feeling to get that knockout and, and then we moved on and I, I boxed a, a catch Ryan in Liverpool and as soon as I let him, he felt my right hand, he was gone on his bike and he just didn't want to know, he was just, it was, he shit himself basically. Uh, bottled it and he wouldn't stand and whatever but I was forced in that fight and maybe if I boxed a little bit more I probably could have got him out of there also and then we come to Ogawa um, he's known as a puncher he's had more knockouts than I've had fights so when I went in the office I, we knew it was a dangerous fight I said to Eddie just give me the fight leave the rest of me and we'll deal with it and me and Tony study especially Tony Tony's studies fighters all the time and yeah I watch I watch certain fighters especially the fighters I'm fighting I watch them maybe a round or two of them and then I leave the rest to Tony and then I'll recap a week before so we set up a perfect game plan and we were throwing two shots um, was the feint to the uh, body backhand straight over the top the one I knocked him out with and the the other shot was feint to the body and come up with a left up because we knew when he stood in front he and you attack, he pulls himself away. So, them shots are there. You can come over with a right hand, and when he pulls away, you come over with a left up. And I threw it a, a couple of times in the first round, didn't land, and then I, I let it go in the second, and it was a good night for him. As soon as it landed, you knew? I knew, straight away. I, I, I've caught him, and I've gone down, turned, I've seen his head bounce, and then I was like, nah, he's done. Um, hand straight across the neck, finished. So. Yeah, I, so like I said, I've had to explain how my hand, I had four fights with a with broken hand, um, just how I get through the fights. So take them four fights away, I've near enough stopped everyone apart from one or two fighters. So um, yeah, I wouldn't class myself as a puncher though, but I can, I got a little pop in there. Maybe are you glad in a way the injury you just talked about and... Um, you know, you were sort of restricted from using that right hand and um, in the manner you did against Agawa. So perhaps going into that fight, Agawa didn't really expect that coming. Didn't he? Didn't really probably see it coming, which he didn't in the end, mm. and it, it put him away. So well, maybe it helped you. Maybe, maybe it did. Maybe never. But I, I was listening to interviews that they were doing. Obviously, um, they have the interpreters and stuff, and. I think he was underestimating my boxing boxing skill. He's he's a good boxer and he's outboxed a lot of fighters and then he ends up putting them asleep. But a lot of people, well, him for instance, he I think he um, underestimated my boxing ability and um, if you do that, you'd be very silly to do so um, because I'm one of the most talented naturally talented fighters that is in the country I can I can do everything um, and I'm not saying I'm great at everything but I'm good at everything um, so yeah 
uh, for him to do do that, which I thought he hundred percent he did. He um, he didn't think I was able to uh, being able to box with him. Sort of. You can see, well, I see now he, um, he he was speaking in the in the the press conference. Uh, it's just another defense. No problem. But like I said, I've seen him be put down, and once I catch him, he'd be going to kick. And I said that in the press conference, and he did. So, um, yeah, he, he he was shocked. As I said at the start, this is about the highs and, and lows of your career, and that was a, a dramatic high that you had against the Gower. Um, we know what followed in terms yeah. of the IBF stripping you. Before we come on to that, just leaving the ring as a world champion mm. in Cardiff um, would, as I said, one of the best knockouts I've mm. seen in a British ring for quite a while, um, certainly right up there. Um, did life change? For me, not so much. Um, I, obviously, I got noticed a lot more. Um, people asking for photos, grown men asking for photos when I'm walking down the street. Um, a lot of kids asking for photos and that sort of stuff. But in a sense of, did I do anything different? No. I, I went um, home the next day. No, I went. I didn't go home the next day. I, I did go home, but went home the next day, went to the football. Obviously, I was getting I brought out on the pitch because Wales qualified for the Euros that day. Um, and then the day after that, my missus was like, oh, do me a favour. Go to the shop. I was like, go to the shop? For what? She went, oh, we need this, this, this and this. And I said, okay, no problem. So I go into the shop, come back. Uh, but I'm getting, having photos in, the, in, in Waitrose. Come back from the shop. She went, no, there was bags by the door. She went, take the bins off. I thought, I'm a fucking world champion here. And you're telling me to take the bins off? At least give me a day off. Fucking hell, but um, yeah, so... It was straight back down to earth, um, and maybe that's a good thing from yeah, out of it. Yeah, there. yeah, of course, of course. Like I don't do anything different anyway, I, and I would because it's just in me. I'm, I'm from a council estate. I, I see the same people. I bother with the same people. I go to the same places. Like last week, I'm in my my local chip shop. My chip, the chippy we call it, Saint Manners Chippy Triple Crown, best you'll get. Half and half in a tray curry sauce, game over. And I'm sat on a wall, but outside, and I'll sit there for a half hour because people are coming up and chatting, and I'm, I know everyone there anyway, so we're just having, having the banter, or I'm speaking to people I haven't seen in ages. And that's what, I don't go anywhere and don't do anything different than I, I'd done before I was a world champion, or even before I was a kid, so, um, yeah, it's just not in me to do that. That's interesting to hear. Let's talk about then the IBF stripping you. Um, how shocking was that for yourself? Yeah, it was bad. Um, I just, I, do you know what? I thought, do you know, this game ain't for me no more. It's, I said, like, you get to such a high and then to come down to such a low, being stripped of a lifetime of work. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a bit of a fucking shitter, really. But listen, everything worked out in the end, and the way I look at it, God puts you in on a road at a certain road for a reason, and um, yeah, it, it was meant to be for me. It wasn't. I could have went over to Abu Dhabi and and lost. So yeah, maybe he brought me out of that fight for a certain reason, and um, well, I'm a world champion again. So. 
I can't really complain. But it was uh, definitely um, uh, a low moment for me. I was, yeah, contemplating whether to pack it in. Um, my mum, no, my, it was my man and my missus, really. I didn't really speak to my mum about it. Um, but I was, I was thinking about packing it in at the time. Because I'm thinking, I've another injury. I've broke my hand. A long uh, roll back and then I'm going to have to build myself into another world title shot. But like I said, things happen for a reason. Um, my path's already written out and it was that all that scenario was meant to happen for me. So yeah, uh, and as they say in life, one door closes, another one opens and that's what's happened. Definitely. I know this word gets banded a lot about mm. uh, these days in terms of depression, but you know, a significant part of your life is mm. boxing. And as you said, you worked your whole way, uh, your whole life to that point of winning that world title. So you're saying you, you're contemplating packing mm. it in. Did you feel like at the time in life you were perhaps a little bit depressed? Yeah, I, I don't like using that word. But yeah, if I had to ex uh, express the feeling or um, chuck a word out there to to explain what I was feeling, it would be depressed. I was depressed. Um, I didn't really want to go out, didn't want to see people. I was just sat in the house eating takeaways and doing nothing really. I didn't want to train, didn't want to do nothing. And like I'm snapping at people and people are talking to me about boxing and I'll talk all day, I'll be honest. You, you are, like say if I, someone stops me in the street, I don't even know them, but I'll start talking to them. They have to, they have to leave before I stop talking. So like, if they say, oh, well, I gotta go now, I say, no problem. But otherwise I'll carry on to sp speaking until they're ready, do you understand? So yeah, I didn't want to speak to no one. Um, yeah, and like I was getting offered to go certain places and nah, I was like, nah, not for me. So yeah, it was, I, I would say it was a bit, of a bit of depression. Okay, but moving on to April, 2023, um, putting that behind you, you mm. did get that opportunity in a in relatively quick time frame, which you definitely deserved. Mm. Um, one of the most ferocious fights mm. I've seen. And again, you were involved in two great world title mm. fights, completely different. Um, yeah, a really high pace you and Rakimov set and mm. there were peaks and troughs in the fight, but mm. felt like um, most people thought you, you won the fight and dominated the yeah. fight, um, apart from one of the, the scorecards was ridiculous, wasn't it, Joe? I don't know why he was smoking. Yeah, um, but it wasn't from this planet. So um, yeah, it was it was a very good fight. I was I was in the office with Barry earlier. I went in to see Eddie and Frank, but they were out playing golf. So I popped my head in to see Barry, and you're like, Joe. So we're chatting, and um, he's going, mate, that last fight, unbelievable. He said, that's what we want. People want fights like that to view. He said, you don't want many of them. So which I know that I've always said I want to be in a involved in like an Toro Gatti ward fight. So um, I've had the one. I don't really want many more. If there's one or two more, I, I, I'm not going to complain because it was enjoyable to be in, in, involved in a fight like that. And it was well earned. Um, but what a fight. I got out, felt amazing. And like I said, it was, I felt like I earned the, earned, um, earned the belt back. Um, but yeah, I was sore for a few days after. I'll, I'll give him that. But yeah, it was like you said, it peaks and troughs and um, ups and downs in the fights. I put him down. I got hit with a good shot. Um, 
people thought I was gone, but I wasn't. It was just a, a small, a quick flash. Set myself, try to grab hold of him. He's trying to wrestle. By the time he stopped wrestling, I was I was recovered. I'm laughing at him because he's trying his hardest, but I knew he was just blowing himself out. But yeah, it was um, it was a good fight, good fight for the fans to watch. Do you think when you end your career, you will look back at Rakamov and, and think that was one of the best fighters I've ever faced? Possibly, possibly. Um, in a sense of, I wouldn't say he's going to be the best technically, but because um, I want to fight, a f there's a few fighters I want to fight. Um, I'd love, before my career's ended, I'd love to fight Chukor Stevenson because he's arguably one of the best fighters on the planet at the minute. I, I would put him up there in the top five best fighters on the planet. So I'd love to test myself against someone like Chukor. Um, and then you've got the other world champions, which are obviously world champions for a reason. They're the best in um, in the weight, obviously. But we all got to fight to get the number one spot. So, yeah, and that's what I plan on doing. So, yeah, it's it's hard to say he's going to be the best fighter. He's definitely going to be the toughest because I hit him with some big shots. And after I put him down, I thought, right, I can get him out of here. I was hitting him with clean, clean, clean digs on the top um, of the head and he was like shaking them off. And then, you know, oh my God, this fucker. I go down, but yeah, then he started fighting back. I thought, fuck this. I don't want to be blowing myself out. And I know how, how strong he comes on. You've seen against Alpha. Um, you can hit him all day and he's just keep coming, keep coming. He'll grind you down. And I knew for a fact, if I, if I started trying to box and move, um, like people were expecting me to do, I would have probably blew out. Um, I say probably, I wouldn't have blew out, but I would have been a lot more tired than what I was. Um, but I work hard, my engine was good, and I thought me being close up was just, it was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. How was preparation for that fight? Great. I had six, 15, 16 weeks, a few weeks of ticking over, and then I hit it hard. I had a week off in between because I was ill. Um, I was going to have a week off anyway but then I was ill so Tony said listen I have the week off but normally we have the week off and you feel recharged this one when I was ill I didn't I, f I felt even worse and it was like I, I got knocked back at two weeks but um, yeah the preparation other than that week of being ill was unbelievable at best camp I had by far we were here all the time in uh, Sims's gym about how hard Tony and uh, the guys in that gym mm. push mm. you guys um, day in day out for a fight like that against Rakamov where it's extremely high yeah. paced and he just wasn't going um, critical those sort of sessions you do with Tony and the guys yeah the mainly as long as you get the the runs we do on a Tuesday and Thursday um, and the sessions you do on a Tuesday Thursday with Tony as long as you bag them and make sure you're pushing in them you know mentally, if, if you're, you're mentally, you know I've done everything in the gym that I'm meant to be doing. Because the sparring, the sparring is fine. You're always, you're, always, you're never going to be, how can I say, holding back because someone's trying to punch fuck out of you. So you're always going to be um, pushing and sparring. But on runs and certain runs and certain things you do in the gym, you can, you can half pull back a little bit. Um, but if you do, it's going to play on your mind um, closer to the fight. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Or, 
I should have pushed more, or I should have done one more. So as long as you tick everything off your list on the Tuesday and Thursday sessions, you know you're good. And that's what, what I do anyway. I'm no, the sparring's taken care of. My, my long run's taken care of. My weight's good. As long as I can tick everything off on the Tuesday and Thursday sessions, I know I'm good. And they are graph sessions. Have you had any moments in sparring before lead up to the fight where you thought, oh no? Yeah, <laughs> loads of times. <laughs> Every camp, I think, oh shit, how the fuck am I beating this one? Um, but yeah, you have, you have them days. And, but I try not to uh, um, play on them. Like, you have good days, you have bad days. And people will come in sparring. Say, for instance, I have a, a 10 or a 12 round spar. I might have two or three, especially in a 12 round spar, I might have three guys coming in. Or in a, in a, t- a 10 round spar, two guys coming in. Sometimes they know they're sparring me, and I've known them to do this, certain, certain fighters. Um, if they know they're sparring me tomorrow, they might have the whole day off today. They're fresh. I've already got a, done my run or done my hill sprints or whatever, and then I'm coming in the gym to train. I've had an hour kip and then come back. So they don't know how hard of a week you've had or how hard of a day before you've had or the morning, what have you done anything in the morning? So. I don't really take notice of sparring. Um, obviously, you're still trying. If you have a good spar, it's always a good confidence booster. But if you have a bad spar, you've just got to let it go over your head, chuck it out the window, and then pick up again on either Wednesday or Friday. Because if you start dwelling on them bad spars and thinking, oh, shit, it's going to fuck with your head. So you've got to just chuck them, chuck them out of your head, get them away. In lead up to the Ogawa fight, I think it was like three three weeks out. I was sparring um, Adam Azim and Robbie Davis Jr. So I was doing f- six and six, I think. And I sparred um, Adam, and they're both big boys, and they both can punish. They're both strong. I sparred Adam first, and I've walked in and he sort of fainted so I, I thought he was going to throw a jab and I slipped but as I've slipped I've slipped onto an upper, uh, a, like a left screw uppercut and as I've gone down I thought oh, he's um, and I've never had a nosebleed it, was, it wasn't a proper nosebleed but it, like, it was a little bit of blood up my nose and I've, no one knows this really apart from uh, people close to me and Tony um, this was detached from my I don't know what it was from my skull basically this it was it was all over the shop every spa if even if I touched it like this it was killing me and I had to get a bar head guard um which I've never ever used and it was it was a nightmare and even if like we're close up inside and someone pushed in there I can feel it pressing on my nose it was a pain that I never want to feel ever again but thank god it's okay now um but yeah I think the last like week I had to call off two spars. I said, Tone, that's enough, because I was in that pain. I felt like crying at points, because um, it was it, it was starting to get really, really sore. Um, and also with the last week as well, I had impetigo. Um I thought I had a sty, a or sty? It was like a Oh yeah, wisp. a sty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sty, so I thought I had that. And it wasn't, it was impetigo. I went to the doctor and they gave me a cream for it. Um, I had it all over my face my nose, so that was a 
that was a quite annoying. Um, but yeah, we got through it. Um, I'm never going to pull out of a fight for something so small like that. Um, and I believe in myself. So yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't something that I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to pull out. There was no way I was pulling out and all the high graft I'd been put through um, by Tony. There was no way. Well, listen, Joe Cordina, uh, thank you very much for talking about the fights that made you. I'm sure there's going to be yeah. plenty of uh, more of them to come in your career, uh, God willing. Just to end this podcast, every time we do a, a quick wildcard question. So as you're a fighter uh, for yourself, if there's one person from the history of the sport, um, yeah, past or present, that you could share a ring with, who would it be? Sugar Ray Leonard. Why? Because my favourite fighter favourite fighter to watch um, he had it, everything he can box he can fight um, he's, he had the look he could do it all and I'd get filled in but I would uh, I'd definitely love to share the ring with him um, yeah he, he had everything that wraps up today's episode of the fights that made me podcast please make sure to like comment and subscribe and we'll see you next week thank you very much Sports Social Podcast Network.